Thank you for joining us online today. If you have a prayer request or a testimony you'd like to share with us, please text HOTL to 97000. If you'd like to partner with us in giving, you can text the dollar amount to 84321. Thank you. We hope you enjoy the message and have a great day. It is so good. I haven't preached since the 1st of December, so I'm, I'm, I'm a little excited, a uh, little nervous because it's been a while, but uh, how many of you had a great Christmas? It was great. Awesome. I, I had a great Christmas, house full of kids, kids, more kids, pies, cookies. It was crazy. I have to get on the, the health train starting tomorrow. One of the coolest things that, uh, that I got for Christmas, it was just this little inexpensive drone. You know, put it together, put batteries in. I'd never had a drone before. And I'm like, hey, this is really cool. So my oldest son and I went out, out in the yard, and I figured out, this can't be that hard to, to navigate, you know? I mean, so I probably don't need to read the manual. And so, you know, we kind of got it going and figured it up, and boom, ran it right into the fence. It's like, all right, let's get it up. Let's put it, you know, together, and boom, ran it right into the fence. And then, then I thought, I mean, about the third or fourth time trying to figure this thing out, I decided I probably need to read the manual because he hadn't figured it out either. And so I, I went and I started reading the manual, and, and it was like, okay, I got this thing, I got this thing, and I go outside, and, and Robbie's watching out the window, and I get it basically up in the air, and I get it hovering, and I'm like, oh, this is really cool, and I can turn it around, and all this kind of stuff, and then it goes way up in the air, and it goes across to my neighbor's house, and I'm like, okay, I got to get it back, and boom, I, I, I land it right in the top of the tallest pine tree in his lot, and it still hasn't come down. <laughs> <laughs> I've walked around that tree two or three times. I told him I was going to do it. I don't want you to think there's a creeper out there. But I'm walking around that tree in case the wind comes up and blows my drone down, and then I can recover it. I think that's kind of how we do life sometimes. We try to do life without reading the manual. And guys, I don't know, every guy in here, maybe there's some real nerdy guys in here and you got to really read the manual first. That's not most guys that I know, right? It, most guys that I know, they're basically are just like, come on, let's go. And then later on, when you've crashed two or three or four or five times, you figure out, okay, I probably need to get back and read the instructional book. Bible, basic instruction before leaving earth, right? So we're going to get a little Bible today. Uh, it's good to have Pastor Keanu back. He was, uh, he was in South Africa for about three weeks, and I'm envious of your tan, bro. I'm sorry. <laughs> Nobody's rejoicing with you. No, it's good. <laughs> we love that. It's good. I'm going to talk to you this morning about choices. In a devotional a couple weeks ago, I read a story about the great Charles Finney as he was speaking to a church in the 1830s. He'd do an altar call each night, much like we'll do an altar call after every service that we have. And the story goes on that the place was full of lawyers and, and judges, and one service, the Chief Justice of New York was in attendance, and he became convinced that the gospel that Finney was preaching was true. And he wrestled with, should I go forward? because of his social position, 
because of his place in the community, because of what would people think about me if I go forward. He finally decided and made the decision, the choice, if you will, to come forward. And he walked around to the back and he tugged on the jacket of Charles Spinney and told him privately, if you'll call people forward, I will come. So Finney turns immediately and informs people about what happened. The chief justice just told me that when we call people forward, he is going to come forward. It's recorded that almost every lawyer in Rochester, New York, followed him when he went forward. And it's also recorded that over 100,000 people were converted in the next 12 months in that area. One man's decision to respond publicly created momentum and courage that ignited a revival. Your yes could open the door to somebody else's yes. Your choice impacts people. I've been praying about this last Sunday of 2023, and you know, and I always realize that it's a time where people, you know, they, they try to discard. I mean, we do. We want to discard the, the dumpster fire that maybe we went through, right? And we want to just in, embrace, the, embrace the, the new things that, that we went through. One of the things that Robbie and I did just a, a few days ago is we decided we have, uh, we, we've got a pair, of, we, we've got a washer and dryer that's like, it was in the house when we bought it 16 years ago. You know, it's like, I think the time clock is maybe ticking on that. We should look for a, you know, a good, a good use set or whatever. So we found a use set, and I'm, I'm pulling the old set out, and I realized they haven't been moved for at least 16 years. There was a whole bio ecosystem <laughs> in that little cubicle. I mean, I, I swear things could live in there. We found a Seattle Seahawks, basically, T-shirt that said Seattle Seahawks, you know, champions 2013. I'm like, no way. And sometimes that's what happens. You know, we have stuff that just covers up the junk, and we go by without thinking about it. And I think that this morning, this is an amazing opportunity for us to basically unburden some stuff on our life. And you do that with your choices. Every day we're faced with choices, we're faced with decisions. The average person will make 35,000 decisions each day. 35,000 decisions each day. We can make choices through a filter of fear or a filter of faith. A spiritual mentor of mine told a story once of challenging his elder team as they led the church, and he said, when was the last time we made a decision that required faith? Pastor Stephen, uh, knowing what, we, what I was going to preach on last a couple weeks ago, mentioned in an article that made the statement that choices are the most spiritual thing that we do. And many times the difference between the blessing and the curses of life are the choices that we make. Sometimes it's not the devil that causes you trial. It's our bad choices. Can I get an amen from somebody honest? Deuteronomy 30 verse 19 says, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. So choose life in order that you may live you and your descendants. All of us have been impacted by someone else's choices. 
in the past, right? I'm glad my mom chose to have children or else I wouldn't be here today. In fact, it's amazing to me that everyone who's fighting for pro-choice is alive because someone chose life for them. Kind of ironic. I'm glad my mom chose to teach us, even in her brokenness, even in her imperfect dumpster fire sometimes uh, type of a life, she chose to teach her children about Jesus. Because that was the anchor and the foundation that I needed when the train went off the rails. She chose to work hard, and she chose to model it for us. She chose to teach us to work hard, and that if you wanted something, get a job. That's what she, told, that's what she chose. My first car that I passed my driver's license in was her car. It was a Ford Pinto. I decided right away I needed a job because I needed to buy a Mustang. You can't get a date with a Ford Pinto. I, I, yeah, I, I, you know, I was thinking about Ford. I, some of you young people are like, what is a Ford Pinto? Well, it's kind of like a cousin to a gremlin, you know, or whatever. But I'm thinking, you know, how could Ford make a Mustang and a Pinto? How could they make a Mustang and then make a Pinto? I choose, you know, blessings and cursings and, you know, I don't know. My mind went in a weird place. But I'm telling you what. If you turn the corner and pop the clutch right, you could smoke the tires on that Ford Pinto. I could do it. And every once in a while, you'd see somebody take like a Ford Pinto or a Maverick and put a monster, a monster engine in them. I'm like, why? Anyway. You may be a young parent here. And the world and the culture would like to influence the choices that you make that affect your children. Think carefully and strategically about the choices that you make that affect them. And I'd venture to say that every choice you make impacts them. Choose to teach them about Jesus. Choose to make sure the things of God are central because it will be the foundation that stays when life tries to run them off the rails. Fathers, teach them how to hunt, how to fish, how to work hard, how to throw a football or a baseball, but teach them the Word of God. Teach them how to pray and gather in community on a regular basis and model it because it's both caught and taught. You can't ask your kids to do something and have a core value that you're not doing. That's hypocrisy. Teach them to serve God, serve His people, and lead by example. A father's choice affects the generations, both good and bad. And when a father chooses to follow God, it's an amazing uh, percentage of the time that the whole family will follow. The big picture of our life is often determined how we handle the small choices in life. We think about the big ones, but what about the small ones? Because I found that if I will try to make good choices on a consistent basis in the small things, then it actually prepares me and are more likely to make good choices when it's the big choice. Out of the 35,000 that I have to make every day, that's just overwhelming. There's a story in the Old Testament about a man named, about two brothers, Esau and Jacob. And the inheritance was supposed to go to the oldest son, and that would be Esau. But Esau made a terrible choice. He made a, a hasty decision. We're going to pick it up in uh, Genesis 25, 29, 
It says, once when Jacob was cooking stew, Esau came in from the field and he was exhausted. And Esau said to Jacob, let me eat some of the red stew for I'm exhausted. Therefore, his name was called Edom. And Jacob said, sell me your birthright now. And Esau said, I'm about to die of what use is a birthright to me. Jacob said, swear to me now. And so he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, and he ate and drank and rose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. He made a hasty decision when he was weary that cost him the inheritance and changed the course of his life. Esau made a terrible choice because of his appetite. Think about that. He made a terrible choice because of his appetite. And it impacted the generations moving forward and essentially took him out of the inheritance. Our appetites in life certainly determine our choices. Give me a choice between a burger and a salad and my flesh will cry out burger every single time. My wife is amazingly disciplined. She can go to a restaurant and I'm like, hey man, man, the settlement, they got burgers that are this high. Have you ever had one of them like ultimate burgers? You don't, you don't want the one burger that's all veggie burger. That ain't even right. What's that called? What is it called? Delicious? Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so you didn't hear it. Somebody yelled out, deliverance. <laughs> it's okay to have fun in church. It's okay to laugh. Amen. I'll make decisions based on my appetite. Later I look at the scale or throw the scale away or go on my health check and I look at my results and I go, ooh, I don't like the decision. I don't like the, I don't like the fruit of those decisions. We see that in Genesis that Abraham made a decision to go to Egypt when God had called him and promised him Canaan. I don't know if you've ever considered this. I'd never really looked at it quite this way, but it really really stood out to me. It says in uh, Genesis 12, 1 through 3, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So the story goes on that Abram took his nephew Lot with him. But then the Bible says then there was a famine. Now there was a famine in the land, so Abram went down to Egypt to sojourn there. For the famine was severe in the land, and when he was about to enter Egypt, he said to Sarai, his wife, I know that you are a woman beautiful in appearance, and when the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife, then they will kill me, but they will let you live. Say that you are my sister, that it may go well with me because of you, and that my life may be spared because of your sake. So let's unpack this. Abram made a choice here because of lack, because of famine, not to stay in the land that God had promised him, but he went down to Egypt. 
I can't find anywhere in the passage, in the story, in the narrative where God told him to do that. There's times because of lack that we'll, we'll actually move out of where God has called us to be. And that's usually fear. And it looks like, you know, he had to go to a place. Think about this. He, he's got this land that God had promised him. But then, but then he goes where he would have to compromise and even lie. And it looks like the decision made out of fear or lack that not only caused him to compromise, but actually brought plagues on Pharaoh and the people there. Isn't it crazy how our decisions, our choices, can impact other people? So then Abram takes his family out of Egypt, where I don't believe God ever called him to be anyway, but he went there because he was fearful and there was a famine. And, and he goes back and the Bible says then the blessing was happening and then another decision needed to be made and that was Abram and Lot separating because the land wouldn't support both of their herds and sheep and cattle and stuff like this. So here we're going to pick up the narrative again. Then Abram said to Lot, let there be no strife between you and me and between your herdsmen and my herdsmen, for we are kinsmen. Is not the whole land before you? Separate yourself from me. If you take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or if you take the right hand, then I will go to the left. And Lot, I want you to listen to this. And Lot lifted up his eyes and saw that the Jordan Valley was, the Jordan Valley was well watered everywhere like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, in the direction of Zoar. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose for himself all the Jordan Valley, and Lot journeyed east, and thus they separated from each other. Now, a couple thoughts I want to unpack. Lot chose for himself, and it didn't go well. Scripture doesn't indicate at all that he sought the Lord, that he sought counsel, that he prayed, that he fasted, he just looked up and chose for himself. And when he looked up with his eyes, he saw a land that looked like Egypt. I don't know if you've ever considered that. In Abram's decision to go to Egypt, his nephew Lot fell in love with Egypt. And so then when he had a, this decision to make, he actually went to a place that looked like what he'd come out of. Choices and decisions that we make affect not just ourselves. It, it actually, you know, as I'm praying about this and, and studying this, I'm like, Jesus, please help me make great choices this next year. Help me make better choices this next year. Help me to make wise choices this next year. Help me to recognize that if I'm faithful with the small things, that you'll entrust me with greater things. But I'm not even concerned about the greater things. I just, you know what? Life would be good if I just made really good choices and decisions, even in the small things in my life. I, I, I want to read this passage in 2 Corinthians, and I want to give you some charges this morning. Now, you may think, well, what's this got to do with anything? But just bear with me, and we'll, we'll, we'll move the train. 2 Corinthians 5, 16 through 21. Paul writes, from now on, therefore... We regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus now no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. 
The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ. Be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made us, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So I want to give you some charges this morning as we move into 2024. In this new year, choose a new filter. Choose a new filter. Look at yourself and look at other people in a different way this year. If you are in Christ, you are new. Can I say, stop making the choices that the old you would have done? That's one of the things that I've, I've had to learn and I've had to do and I've had to discipline myself. Wait a minute, this choice is something that the old man would have done. The old man is like buried. Except he tries to get up all the time. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that he tries to get up all the time? I mean, you go out in the backyard and you dig a hole and you throw dirt on him and all that kind of stuff and you think, oh, it's all good. And then pretty soon there's a knock on the door. It's like, what are you doing back here? Well, you know what? I believe in the power of resurrection. Stop making the choices that the old you would do. You have to have a new filter. Number two, clarify the message of your life. Clarify the message of your life. You have been given the ministry of reconciliation, and you've been called an ambassador. So the message is not about you, it's about him. Think about an ambassador. An ambassador represents. I love taking that word to go, represents, on a consistent basis. If, if, if I'm representing a company, then really my stuff doesn't matter. It's what I'm representing. And I'm, you and I are actually representing a kingdom because it says that we are ambassadors. It's one of the highest callings that you have. It's like there's people that are like, well, I don't know what the will of God is for my life. It's like, well, here's one of them. You called to be an ambassador. That means the one who sent you trusts you with the message and that you're going to take the core values. You're going to take the you're going to take the heart, you're going to take the gospel, you're going to take the, 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 the things that, that mean uh, the most to God, and you're going to represent them. You're going to be an ambassador. Isn't that amazing? There's not one person right now, now think about this, if, if, if the, you know, the president of the United States came to you and said, I want you to be an ambassador to this country, you'd be like, man, what an honor that would be. And the Bible says that we've been you have to clarify the message of your life. Your choices and decisions should reflect what you represent. It's, it's hard at times, I understand it, but we have to live above our earthly status. Because the Bible says that in Him, we become the righteousness of God. And that can be a little terrifying and certainly humbling. It's like, this is what I expect of you. God is saying, this is what I expect of you. Choose to be what the Bible says about you. You are the righteousness of God. So come into agreement with your thoughts and with your actions. 
in him I become the righteousness of God. Man, I mean, it will change. It will change how you, uh, you know, you do everything, how you, how you do business. It'll change how you interact with the person in the marketplace. It'll change in the, the client or the employer that you are. It'll change how you respond on social media. I mean, sometimes you get, y'all get triggered, right? I'm telling you what, before you get triggered, why don't you pray and say, I'm going to respond right now as an ambassador of Christ. Huh. Delete, 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 delete. Can I get an amen from somebody? <laughs> Come into agreement with what the Bible says you are this new year with your thoughts, your words, and your actions. In this new year, choose to worship. Make the choice to gather in community with God's people and do it on a consistent basis. Statistics, I, I, I mean, I, and I'm not saying that we had it all figured out. But I remember when Robbie and I committed our lives to the Lord, I mean, I, we did not miss gathering in church. I mean, it was like, and back in the day, you had a Sunday morning, you had a Sunday night, you had a Wednesday night. How many of you older people know what that felt like? And you do, younger, yeah, because your dad was a pastor. So you, so you were a drug child. He drug you everywhere. Every time church was open, you got drug in there. And look, look what it's done for you. What an amazing, is Pastor Stephen amazing? Come on. But choose to worship. Choose to be an active part of what Jesus is building. I've always seen the benefit of gathering more over gathering less. I'm just saying this. I'm saying this from a shepherd's heart. There are, there are, there are studies out there that say, well, the committed person in church, you know, they feel like attending once or two or twice, once or twice is commitment. I'm telling you what, man, when the house is open, be there. Because I've seen the impact of it. It impacts families. And your choices, you'll model something. Choose to give and be generous. The generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. Proverbs eleven twenty five. 25. Be intentional about giving. Be biblical about tithing. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. That's a scary thing. Like when you're in a place and, and, and you're like... Um, Okay, well, they're going to take an offering or, you know, we're, you know, I'm telling you what, I want to challenge you. Why don't you ask the Holy Spirit how much he wants you to give? Because I'm telling you what, it's, when I ask him that, it's like, okay, God, I'm thinking a hundred bucks. Holy Spirit, what do you think? Oh, you're kidding me. Seriously. I mean, be led by the Spirit. Well, be have the courage to be led by the Spirit. I want to be, you know, you see people, I want to be led by the Spirit. It's like, yeah, well, the Holy Spirit might ask you to do some stuff that's kind of tough. Be intentional. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide you, strengthen you, and even give you courage as many times it's fear of lack that keeps us from giving. Choose to forgive. Choose. Make a choice. To forgive. Choose to forgive. Also recognize again the ministry of reconciliation. Sometimes we forgive, but we don't build any bridges of reconciliation. 
Reconciliation, by definition, in a spiritual sense, is a change of relationship between God and man or man and man. Change of relationship. What happens is sin comes in, and there's a breach, and it changes your relationship. But then you have to, you have to choose to forgive, and you want to say, I'm going to take that thing that was a breach, and I'm going to take it out of the way so relationship can be restored. And maybe you have forgiven, but there's a change of relationship that's still needed in this new year. Choose to serve. Use your charge. Choose to serve. Jesus said this, Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever of you desires to be first shall be the slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. Maybe this year you step up to another level in serving. Serve your church. Serve your community. Serve your neighbor. Serve your family. I've actually heard people say, I know we have some pastors in here. You probably heard the same thing. I've heard people say, well, I've done my time. I'm like, well, were you in jail or something? I mean, I expect to serve as long as I got breath, y'all. I may be serving in a different position at some point in time. Maybe I'm not serving as a lead pastor, but I'm going to be serving because Jesus in me has a heart to serve. And so we serve. And it's one, of the, it's one of the greatest things in your life that you can do. I don't think that we become, I think that the more we serve, the more we become like him. Choose to be confident. You guys okay with these charges? Good? I see some of you writing them down, so that's good. Choose to be confident. In Hebrews 10, 35, it says, Therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. And then it says in Proverbs 3, 26, For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. So we're not talking about self-confidence. We're talking about God-confidence. I mean, honestly, the more that we hold ourselves in a place of humility, the more that God moves on our behalf. And there's times when I'm absolutely overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed by what God is doing in his church. I'm overwhelmed by the, the caliber and the quality of people that God has called to build something that's going to last more than one generation or two generations. I'm, I'm humbled by the fact that we're standing on the shoulders of those who have come before us. Y'all know that in about two years we'll be, we'll be celebrating 50 years of House of the Lord. Is that amazing? And I'm so grateful that people had the vision. You know, young people coming out of the Jesus movement, coming out of the hills, and they were, they were crazy. But they loved God. And they put something in motion that we actually get to continue to build on, and it's humbling because when I look at it, it's like, God, there's no way. This is so far above my pay grade. Because God's doing it. But because I know God's doing it, and it's not us, 
He's working through us. Then there's a great confidence that God, if God is for us, who can be against us? And so I have a God confidence. I have a confidence that I'm not going to throw away, that I'm not going to despise, that I'm not going to walk in fear uh, of some sort of failure because I realize God has brought us this far. He's the author. He's the finisher. What he starts, he finishes. He's the alpha. He's the omega. He's the beginning and he's the end. And when God begins to move, there is nothing that's going to stop the move of God. And I'm confident in this very thing. Amen? You got a couple more in you? Let me have let, let our worship team come up. Choose to hear God. Choose. Choose to hear God this year. I don't think that I put these scriptures on the, uh, on the thing, so that's okay. I'm just, I'll, I'll, I'll just, I'll tell them the address and they can write it down. Choose to hear God. God is talking to you. Can I say that again to every single person in here? God is trying to talk to you and communicate with you. He's communicating you uh, with events through creation, through the, 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 the word of God, through other people that carry the kingdom of God. He's trying. He's communicating with you. It's his desire. And if you will hear it, it will change the trajectory of your life for good. It's like a radio station waves. Right now in this room, there's basically all kinds of waves that are going through, but unless you have the right tuner and it's tuned to the frequency, you're not actually going to hear. But that's, that's what God is doing. And you need to choose to hear from God. Isaiah 30, 21 says, And your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it. And when you turn to the right or when you turn to the left. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call to me. And I will answer you and will tell you of great and hidden things that you have not known. The devil has come in and basically stolen our ability or our, not. sometimes it's not even ability, it's our, it's our will to actually hear from God. And, and, and what I see the word of God is saying, listen, call to me, that's your choice. That's how you choose. Call to me and I will answer you. And will tell you great and hidden things that you've not known. There's stuff that God wants to drop into your life, into your heart, into your family that you are not, you haven't been apprised yet because you have to put yourself in a position. You have to choose to hear him. You got to choose to hear him. It's like if you're a parent with kids, especially teenage kids, you know how they can like, tune you out hearing but not hearing seeing but not seeing I'm telling you this is a season where I think the most critical thing that we can do as God's people is to hear from him and we make the choice we make the choice and one of the best ways you can do that is to draw close to him I mean, get set aside some time. There, there is some amazing directives in our in our 21 days, days of prayer uh, booklet right there, which is like, you know, get up in the morning and, and pray. Set aside a time. Pray before you you make big decisions. Pray before you you pick up your phone. Pray before you answer that text. Pray before you answer that email. Pray before you respond to that to that thing that actually you, you know, triggered something inside of you. 
because God wants to speak to you. He wants to drop some amazing things into your heart, into your thinking. For some of you, creativity has been lost, and God wants to speak to you and, and stir up a creative, creative thing again for your business, for your life, for your family. For some of you, 2023 has been a dumpster fire. And God wants to speak to you and he wants to assure you that I'm still here. I'm with you. I'm walking with you. I will give you direction. If you will choose me, if you choose to hear me, I will speak to you. I'm going to drop some things into your life. Some of you have been relationally wrecked this year. And you don't know that what the path of reconciliation even may look like. But God says, I want to drop some things. I want to show you how to rebuild. John 10, 27, Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. That's the desire of God. And there may be some people here today who need to make a choice about following Jesus. This is an amazing thing. Jesus has already chosen you. But will you respond and choose to follow him today? Do you remember the story that I opened up with about the justice that decided despite his social status or insecurity and how it inspired others? When you choose to respond to the invitation, it not only changes your destiny, but your yes can also influence the destiny of your family and friends. I want you to take a moment. I got something else I want to do this morning, but I want to take a moment. I want you to bow your heads and your hearts. God, I feel that there are people here this morning. This is their time to choose. You already chose them. You knew them before they were formed. Your heart has been towards them. You've been drawing them. You've been reaching out to them. But now it's their, their time to choose you, to respond. And if you're here this morning, and you've never chosen to follow Jesus as Lord and Savior, you recognize, man, I need a Savior. Forgive my sin. And today's the day that you want to make the choice. I want you to raise your hand. Say, today, Pastor, I make the choice to follow this Jesus. Anyone here this morning? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else this morning? Come on, let's celebrate. Come on, let's celebrate. Come on, let's celebrate. Come on, let's celebrate. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Okay, here's what I'm going to do. I got this word from one of our care pastors that was praying for the service this morning. And when I heard it, I went, let's go. Let's go. This is a yes. This is a yes. So let me read it. Hey, bro. We had that kind of relationship. He just called me bro. Feeling Sunday, there may be an anointing for addictive spirits to be broken. I see him just shaking the etch-a-sketch of some messy lives in a spiritual redo. Everything from pot to porn, coke to carbs, self-control will be reinstituted 
and freedom will be found. Wives will walk their husbands up and junk will be laid at the altar. We best buy some of them hefty trash bags because the spiritual dumpster is going to be full. Come on, can we all stand up this morning? I want our, our, our prayer teams up front. If there's not enough prayer teams, I want some of our care pastors up front. Your yes this morning will not only set you free, but your yes will set your family free. The breaking of addiction over your life as a young person will set your parents free from a lot of, a lot of stress and worry and concern. The, the releasing of stuff. Some of us have become accustomed to walking with the old man when the old man should be dead and gone. And it could be this morning that you're just saying, hey, today's the day. Today's the day where I'm going to walk in the way that God has called me to walk. And maybe that's simply your freedom. But we're going to worship just for a moment or two this morning. And if any one of these basically speaks to you come on being delivered from carbs has got to speak to somebody come up because you're I'm getting all kinds of amens up front somebody saying amen on your behalf I think bro you might turn around and get some get some healing right now we're gonna worship if you gave your life to Jesus I want you to come over here on my left there's at least two, three people. Can you see me? There's at least two or three people. We, we want to give you some stuff. We've got some resources. We want to pray with you. We do this in community. We do this in family. This is our family. And you will be blessed. Take a step. Take another step. Come over here to my left. If you're here this morning as we worship and God begins to drop some things into you, and just like, I need release from this. I need reconciliation here. I need release from bitterness. I need to forgive, and I don't really know how to forgive. I, I don't know how to rebuild any of these things. Just come up and let's stop. Let's, let's see what the Lord will do this morning. Amen.
the things that I believe probably hinders, hamstrings, the body of Christ more than anything else that I've seen is anxiety, fear. I, I, I just, I just, I want you to maybe trust me with something this morning. If you look at the, the metrics, the percentages, anxiety, even with young people, it's amazing, is at an all-time high. It's crazy, just the culture right now that's so divisive. And we've, we've kind of responded. We've been, it's some of the collateral damage. If this morning you would say, Pastor, I struggle with that. I struggle. It might be a little anxiety. It might be a lot of anxiety. Anxiety is anxiety. I believe that God wants to break that this morning. I, I believe he wants to obliterate it and absolutely set you free. So I know some of you might be new to our church and it might be a little bit uncomfortable. But here's what I want you to do. If, if you're struggling with some sort of anxiety, I want you to raise your hand. It just I'm not going to ask you to come forward, but I want you to raise your hand. Come on, so I can see him. Okay, hands going up. Keep them up. Keep them up. Okay. Now here's where we become the body of Christ. Go to somebody with their hand raised and pray for them. We're going to pray for a great release. We're going to continue to worship for just a few more minutes, but just pray for somebody right now. It could be your spouse. It could be your child. It could be your neighbor. It could be a stranger. But let's just see what God is going to do. And just break that in the name of Jesus. Come on, find somebody and pray with them. Listen, we're going to continue to just minister some people. We're going we're to release you this morning with just a, with the favor of God. If you're a guest, we'd love to connect up with you and our information desk on the left. Also, there's a couple tables. This is, this is free. Take, pick one of these up as you leave. 
I'm excited about our 21 days of prayer. Listen, and fasting, I know it's like, oh, fasting, but it's good. We'll give you some directions, some instructions. Let's see what God's going to do. And can I ask you this? Would you invite somebody next week? The power of invitation is so important. So important. Some people are out there and they just need an invite. So God, I pray you bless your people, that you release them. Thank you for this, 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 this new year that's upon us, and we just give it to you. And I ask that you favor and bless in the name of Jesus. And they all said amen. Come on, let's put our hands together and give the Lord one more praise this morning.